Dear friends, I decided to do a tarot story meditation for July's offering so you can listen to or read this in any frame of mind and hopefully it takes you to a quiet outer space for a bit. It's also the last episode on secure attachment schemas. Art is how we show each other our secrets. That's what these offerings are, I hope. (laughs) A spaceship to think about art and chew on our own collective history. Whilst re-watching The Keepers, a documentary that dealt with a murder of a nun and the sexual abuse of an unknown number of children in Baltimore, What bore a small hole into my skull was the weight of shame shrouded and repressed in the dust of decades. When abuse takes place, the body's protective alchemical shield can self-activate. The hypothalamic pituitary adrenal fight-flight response the vagal response to play dead, to dissociate, to even be aware of something that naturally can come into play in order to protect the self from harm. A large part of dealing with the sexual abuse of minors has to do with the understanding of trauma. Some things are just too painful to let in. So we shut doors and lock them. Before I get started, I have two small announcements for the coming months. I'll be in Wales for Camp VC, an all-girls biker festival from 29th July to 1st of August. I'll be shuffling pieces of painted wood. Uh, It's going to be the Marseille deck. I believe, uh, smudge sticks and tarot cards around my tent by the Brecon Beacons and hopefully dropping in on a few of their yoga and beginner biker classes. Um, And on the 21st of August, I'll be at the Satanic Flea Market in Hackney uh, at the Seven Doors stall. So if you'd like your cards read or just want to chew the fat a bit and you're going to either of those events, totally come say hey. (laughs) So let's begin. This month I struggled with what to write. It was important to do the defectiveness and shame episode justice. With the current evolving boom of the commodification of philosophy, the self-help and healing industries, I wanted to understand why. What do we want? What does the collective unconscious hint at in 2021, I guess? Um, I recently also rewatched the Unabomber documentary so I have problems um, obviously and these were the lines that stuck out to me because anger frustration shame grief 
This is what gets stuck in the teeth, like hard-boiled sweets. Here's the romanticised Netflix version of what Ted Kaczynski said. Sometimes I think I want to punish these people because they have what I want. A home, a family, the ability to be normal. I gave up everything for respect. But all I really wanted was to have someone I could just love. So justice. The eighth arcanum. That will be the loose theme threading throughout this patchwork quilt of an offering. What's just and maintaining an inner equilibrium. So, a couple of notes on attention. The first tarot reading I ever got, I felt like for the first time in a while, somebody saw me and had listened to me. Simone Whale has said, attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. And attention without feeling is only a report. Mary Oliver really screwed me up with that one for a while when I read that. Um, I started studying the tarot because I could handle things without needing the aid of anyone else. Mostly researching at first quite organically from my background in studying literature and history at university but actually all my life really, I kind of just developed a taste for the process of burying myself in the research and uh, I guess the thing that drew me to history is it made me feel less lonely. I've sometimes justified historical research and writing over a connection with others and sometimes it's because I've wanted to but there have been times where I did the classic triggered schema response and avoid. Um, with history, even if I didn't have a story, an experience of my own that I shared with another human being, I could immerse myself into other worlds at the drop of a hat. I found it very difficult to articulate how I felt to others, what I wanted, all of that. I spliced my squidgy brain into pieces to find answers to things my body clung to, without knowing why quite. Deep pain can easily become a sort of table, and distractions can form a makeshift tablecloth. Something to throw and cover the rough, splintered grooves in some parts of the wood. Shame can feel sharp and confusing too. It can be the glass in the cupboard so far back against the top shelf. So far back you can just about touch it. Then you sort of jiggle your hand about a bit to coerce it to move a few paces forwards. A core belief in the shame schema can be that if they really get to know me, they won't, they can't love me. In my work, 
I talk with others a lot about routine. All lives have it, but we still long for that one moment, that one chance encounter that changes the course of our lives forever. Sometimes touching other people's shame helps me get in touch with my own. This month I had the urge to grip handfuls of soil and plant autumnal vegetables, squash, pumpkin, leeks, even chilies. I don't know if they're an autumnal vegetable. (laughs) I daydreamed about how elegant I would feel to be my own source of heat and spice and be respected as well as feared by some. If you follow my work you'll notice by now that I love to scatter the seeds of what I feel to be potent quotes about the place. And I watched the extended version of all three Lord of the Rings films a few weeks back. Here's a simple line from a hobbit that I really dug. We forget the taste of bread, the sound of the trees, and the softness of the wind. Getting lost in shame can sour what was once palpable. It can burn through our bodies resources of courage, leaving nothing but ashes. And in a whole other universe, a line that has sent me into a spin recently from a slyly favourite show of mine to maladaptively disassociate to Sons of Anarchy. Man just wants to be comfortable. That's been caught in my throat since I heard it really. So finally, we're getting to the meditation. (laughs) Before we begin, Take three deep breaths. It's best to have your feet on the ground, eyes closed, hands palm down on your thighs. And breathe in threes. Also, lying down is all good if you feel like lying down. Breathe in for three. Hold for three. Breathe out for three. Stillness for three. Repeat twice more and try to maintain this slow, calm pace of breathing throughout. You are in a garden surrounding a castle. The castle is beyond description. You have been led there by a character in red, holding a walking stick with a solitary way about him. His absorption with the world around makes you feel as though you're intruding. You don't know how you got here. He walks so fast, you almost struggle to keep up. He leaves behind empty, eight golden vessels. As you walk upward, 
jumping from cliff to gully. You feel like you're melting into the scenery. Stopping to catch your breath, you see him disappear into a field of purple sunflowers. Returning to your body, notice any sensations and try to lean into them. A new awareness comes over you. You feel things transforming all around. An incredible energy force grips your senses as you wade through soft fields of purple and green. You move through the thick stems and large purple flower heads. On the other side is what could be a small beach. In the distance, the castle. The further you walk, the deeper into purple you go. You are struck by the intensity surrounding you. On the left is the square wooden table. In front of the wooden table stands a woman whose beauty takes your breath. She leads an invisible symphony, holding two white ones in her hands. With such grace, her energy radiates a warm, golden feeling of peace. Electricity swirls out from every inch of her body. The sun rises higher. It starts to burn away. Does a falcon hunt or just celebrate life? She asks you if you knew that hawks could breed all year round. Surrounding her are an angel, an eagle, a bull and a lion. She seems familiar to you in a weird way, as if in a dream you had followed her there before. You ask her name. She looks at you and carries on dancing in her floating oval wreath. She says, At the last farmhouse, there were seven gates to open and close so you can either follow the track or cut across the fields. But the trail is so steep and at some points the merest whisper of a trail. And if you hear the sound of the wet hot rain clattering on the metal roof like a gunshot, Visions and fantasies begin to dance between you. She asks another question before you slink into a new thought. A new picture which presents you with a clarity that you've never known before. Do we stop evil getting in or out? She says, it's best to curl around abstract misery. That can keep you alive and in search of light alone. That expands boundlessly over all of time. How though 
to hunt for darkness in darkness. It is all you can do to keep up with her. On top of that, she is so attractive. The way she twists and turns is hypnotic. She looks deep into your eyes and so your soul. Standing in a garden that takes your breath. Vines swing and hang, plants, flowers and dry stony paths join like train lines, like tendons. The whole scene is bleeding out colour. Where the northeast of Italy borders Slovenia, an elevated plateau of limestone rises, and far beyond the wind-scoured, sun-beaten rock. Mythologically, women were placed under land to pay brutally for the mistakes of men. In your mind, you can smell wet moss on wet stones. The cave she is leading you to is what's known as a slipped rift, or an entrance into darkness. Here time shifts, pauses and folds. You feel at one with her. She spills into your energy. Space and time spill into one another. Here in the shadows, time reverses space. Darkness is a journey to the present. How to descend carefully. Before you can finish your thought, a voice crawls into your brain. You must first complete your journey. You must leave the garden and enter the castle. Only then will you be given more information for your new journey. Your heart sinks into a sloping terrain of loss. Because some words erase you, become unbreathable. The beast of another planet, such as the nature of water, its cool darkness and bottomless crawl. You ask her for a song that could return you to the garden, where there is this softness of more space among the swaying meadows grass, the rough softness of the wind atop your cheeks. So often our unhealed wounds lead us to people whose claws fit those wounds and deepen them. The beautiful woman leads you to a hidden archway. 
It feels like you're walking into the wet mist of grey clouds. Above the archway made up entirely of rose bushes. A large hand cradles a giant golden coin that seems to have a star in the middle of it. You smell fresh red roses, crushed, moist, rubbing into newly cut grass. She tells you she cannot go with you or leave you any objects. This one you must go alone. She promises to meet you by weaving herself into every song you hear. Before she leaves you, you ask her, how do I really get back to you if what I see beyond the edges is too painful? How do I get back to safety, to this calm truth? To this she replies, you will know me when I'm there. You turn to look once more at the archway. It seems to be alive and when you look back towards her, she isn't there anymore. You wonder, you feel as though you've been here before and before and before. You walk down a long path, feels like a hallway. The large hand clutching the golden coin motions for you to move forwards towards the golden light ahead. The sound of the wind echoes throughout the garden as you leave. Take a few moments to come back to the here and now. Feel the chair or the floor beneath you. Stretch your body and open your eyes when you are ready. If you're into journaling or just writing in general, you could write about your experience if you wish. Shame can make deep, intimate relationships with others so hard. The way we love tells us a lot about who we are. Our true love finds us when it's time. I can't remember who wrote that, but I'd like to offer that mostly this month. 